For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hi, this is Krillin, and this is Usopp. We have very similar voices, except my voice hurts more than this one. And you're listening to The Geek Show. Hello dudes and dudettes and welcome to the Geek Show here on Sunday afternoon on 104.5 CVFM. I saw you looking at the uh, banner behind me to check the frequency. I, I know it off by heart. I just I wasn't even looking. That I didn't even work. You can't prove anything. Oh yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is very true. Dave, Dave has got me with his facts. Damn you in your facts. Isn't it kind of mean saying, hey, you've been spying on stuff to a blind person. Yeah. Dave's not blind, though. Are you you looking at me? (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm a Dave, and we have a Rob with us. Yes. And we also have a wild Ben that appears. Hello. Yes, a wild and free Ben. Yeah. He has a free day today. He's not at work. Yes. (laughs) I bet you're happy about that. Oh, I wish I was in there right now. Sorting files and... Stapling papers together. Yep. Well, on his free day, Ben decided to uh, come and uh, distract my kitten so I could get some work done. <laughs> yes. I've, I've got to do a lot of art prints for next week, so tomorrow's when I send off all the prints, so I need to get them done today. And, uh, yeah, I should really be there doing them now, but i am pretty much got them in hand, I think. Yep. Unless the kitten deletes all the files while I'm gone. Will the kitten delete all your files while you're gone? I, I don't know. He can he's... Actually, it's a possibility. He, he does seem to like using the keyboard for stuff. I'm worried now. It's only a matter of time before he works out the delete key. Yes, we will be joined by a, uh, by a Rob who has probably been savaged by his niece during the day. I just bizarrely remembered. Do you know... Have you ever seen the cartoon Freakazoid? Uh, I remember it. Do you know how he gets his powers? Uh, I can't remember. He's browsing his keyboard. He's, he's browsing the internet, and his cat sits on the keyboard, putting a random set of keys in, which is actually like a secret code, like code word, into the back door of the internet, and he absorbs the entire power of the internet <laughs> into himself. There, that nice. explains a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. I never knew the origin, but that explains the character so 
so well. But if you're wondering what cats can do to computers, that's one of the things. So, hello, Rob. Yes, hello. <laughs> do we have things today? Um, we do. Today's show is... Uh, we basically called it If It Ain't Broke. But it's not just about, you know, fixing things that aren't broken, but also about milking them as well. Riding that cash cow. Riding that cash cow, yes. Um, so, yeah. But before all that, we obviously have some news. Uh, starting off with a high-power ban from the European Union. They are planning to ban um, appliances uh, that use up loads and loads of power. So that includes things like vacuum cleaners, um, hair dryers, kettles, and even power-hungry smartphones. They're taking away our tea! <laughs> well, I thought you'd be more concerned with the hair dryer. <laughs> I use a towel, I'm okay. Uh, I kind of do need to dry my hair. <laughs> but... But oh, yeah, that, but you can't take away the British's tea. Yeah, but, that that is like we we even have like uh, there's a a surge that like every evening during the commercial break of I think it's Coronation Street or something that like the, there's a surge in the national grid. If like something like um, you know like a big event like a football match is on, like one of the national ones, they actually uh, they have to plan for it in advance of yeah. all the people at half time who will go and make a cuppa. Yeah, they have to, like... At times, they've had to double the power output to deal with people making tea. tea. Yeah. 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 Interesting. But, uh, yeah, who... Is this a real story, or is this a Daily Mail, like... No, no, this You is want a, to take our things. This is a real story. They say our bananas aren't straight enough. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Um, they're hoping to meet this new energy efficiency goal by putting a cap on the power draw of certain appliances... Hair dryers, which vary from 900 to 2... Who needs a 2,300-watt hair dryer? Hmm. At that point, you could pretty much weaponize it. Yeah. So we're, you know, like, um, like that's airbending pretty much, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just push them back with the force of this hair dryer. You could, I mean, you're talking like... I don't know. So they're going to ban any hair dryer that's like got more force than just warm breath on the back of your head. <laughs> well, no, um, a 900 watt hair dryer is still pretty powerful, but I mean a 2,300 watt hair dryer, I mean, seriously, needs more power. That's more powerful like, than the aircon at work. That's enough to remove like the hair from inside your ears and up your nose at the same time, and that's when the hair dryer is hitting the back of your head. I want to stick nitros on the side of it, see how powerful. We can <laughs> Stick a few of them on a skateboard. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, low-budget hovercraft. Yes. yes. <laughs> Before this ban comes into place, let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's mess about with some hovercrafts. So, yeah. So, tablecloth, tablecloth skateboard, high-power hairdryer. Yeah. Done. Yeah. <laughs> and there's your own... Dia- do not try that at home, kids. Oh, please do. <laughs> And send me that, a video. Unless you're a, prefer- <laughs> unless you're a professional engineer, don't he, try it at home. It is then classed as a vehicle, so you can use it to dry <laughs> your hair. Yes. Also, it's not at home. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be able to try that in your own home. It's not a home yeah. appliance. Right. Moving on. Uh, Google have been testing their uh, some new drones, uh, uh, you know, which kind of goes to prove that Google is trying to take over the world. In effect, they're saying it's all about delivering stuff like aid and, you know, packages and stuff like that. 
Uh, yeah, is this like the Amazon drones? That, like, it is, yeah. but the big difference is Amazon made a big hue and cry about theirs, and Google just kind of went, oh, yeah, Amazon are talking about drone deliveries. We'll just carry on, work, carry on working in the quiet, in the background. The drones are progressing satisfactorily. Yes, that's basically it. How cool would it be if you go onto Google Maps and you just control the draw, uh, drone so you could fly about? Just Oh, God, imagine if it popped up next to you, like just like this flying drone thing. It's like, hey, I see you were searching for things. <laughs> <laughs> we could bring you it straight away. Just, I don't. <laughs> I like, you remind me of like several of my cousins. <laughs> they just appear out random going, I heard you were looking for this. I can get you one if you want. <laughs> Google drones released to, uh, you know, reduced to Asian cousins who can yeah. get you things off the back of a lorry. <laughs> you want a pizza? I will just go, go to Pizza Hut and get one for yeah. you. <laughs> I was more thinking, are you looking for an interracial gangbang? Like, what? the drone what? comes up and is like, I will bring you one. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, this is what people Google. It's, it was what when you said what, people, what? Ben. <laughs> right. I, I, remember last, I remember last year there was like... Everybody does it. I mean, top, I'm sure you're searching. Like, it's full of I remember in last year Google came up with the top search and it was like number 13 or something. Okay. So okay. people are searching this. <laughs> okay. I was worried about what Ben has to do at work for a second there. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. We don't have internet uh, access in uh, our facilities. What kind of papers are you sorting there? <laughs> anyway, um, we'll leave that there because I think Ben pretty much killed it. <laughs> good at killing things. <laughs> and we'll the most deserve- uh, disturbing version of pip- uh, Clippy the Paperclip. I love that. If they just come up and it's a oh, flying God. paper clip. Like, looks no, like no, no, that's Microsoft. That's not Google. Oh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> I don't think that's the angle Bear Dave was going for. And until Internet Explorer <laughs> get their stuff together, they're not taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, in four years, Internet Explorer will announce they have a browser. Well, they and... announced they had an anime girl. That oh, was yeah. big news. They have, they've had that for a couple of years. Yeah, they they did a nice trailer for it like yeah. uh, earlier this year. Yeah, that, they've that, they've that, had it for a couple of years. Oh yeah, the, but they you do know, like it was an part of the thing, it was part of the OS Ten series. Yeah, because um, they did like uh, Windows uh, Windows Anime Girl, Mac Anime Girl, and then they did like the browser ones. The Internet Explorer one, they made a nice little animation for it. Mm. But at one point, you go, there is no way she could have that many tabs open. <laughs> <laughs> I've suspended my disbelief through all of her henching transformation yeah. sequences and fighting the evil robots, yeah. but all them tabs. <laughs> yes. nah. My issue is she did things instantly. She should sit there for about two minutes and then do the thing. <laughs> Thinking about it, maybe yeah. having a cup of tea <laughs> with a high-powered kettle. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Uh, Robot Revolution uh, News 1. Robohawks. Right, remember... a. a Back during Wimbledon, we uh, we had that story about oh Rufus, Rufus the the, the hawk. Wimbledon hawk, the Wimbledon that, hawk uh, keeps he, pigeons away. Yeah, well, there's a guy in the Netherlands um, called Nico Ni- uh, Nienhuis, and he's he's the he's basically the owner of a company called Robert's, um, 
with the company tagline, we create birds. Uh, sorry, uh, the company's called Clear Fight, Solu- Fight Solutions. The product is raw birds. And he's making robotic birds of prey to sell to the, avi- the aviation <laughs> and waste management, ma- waste management industries. Okay. And, oh. Str- and Strider. Yeah, because he has a robot bird and a robot panther. Yeah, because, yeah, they make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, it's... I'm not sure how to think of this. Never mind what to think of it. I'm not sure how well, to think of it. A robotic if, bird of prey. Yeah, but if if Rufus Rufus doesn't actually catch and kill pigeons, yeah, he just scares them away. But so I, something of like a, a reasonable facsimile of this would do the same job. Yeah, but what I I just have this. You know that uh, tennis ball on a string that goes round and round. Yeah. Or like a little copter that goes round and round on a yes. piece of string. I've just got this mental image of just this tall pole with one of these on the top going round and round. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, have you ever seen the flying dolphin robots they made? Yes. Oh, they're so majestic. I know. They're fantastic. <laughs> I think they're a lot more high-tech than this, though. Well, I guess. <laughs> you know, flying do- making a flying bird is all, you know is all well and good. But making a flying dolphin, that's a different matter entirely. Well, it's not, quite, it's not got advanced dolphin AI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it would be great if it did. It should so, run on dolphin. I like how you describe, like, making a robot bird... Is like, oh, that's easy. Anyone could do that. Dolphins are hard. But I can make a robot bird, no problem. Uh, Mega Man had a robot bird. Did he? Yeah, it's called Beat. You have to collect the B, E, A and T in select stages on the classic Mega Man and you will unlock uh, Beat, who does useless things. He's like Roll, but not as good. No, not Roll. Rush. Rush, yeah. Rush yeah, is the, the dog. dog. Yeah, Beat's not as good. You need Rush to get to the secrets. Anyway, apparently this uh, robot bird works to uh, to a degree. In, in what way? Because you could sit. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because I was gonna, I could make a robot penguin that yeah. would work reasonably <laughs> well. Yeah. It, it, it can fly. I'm not too sure about the landing, so. Okay. Does it not have landing gear installed? Well, it doesn't really land like a bird. Is it like a TIE fighter? Basically, yeah. Does it land? A bit like that. I mean, there's a picture of it here. That's basically what it looks like. Does it land like cool. a crashing plane? It's That's quite nice, minimalist. Yeah, it's basically like a fixed-wing type aeroplane. Yeah, yeah. So like a TIE fighter? Yeah. They're making <laughs> TIE fighters? Yeah. That that's all I'm taking away. Then <laughs> <laughs> they're basically making bird-shaped TIE fighters to keep away birds from like garbage tips and stuff like that. Is this another bit of proof that Senator Palpatine is secretly manipulating things behind the scenes? Mm, yeah, Obama. He might be disguised as Obama. We don't know. It'd be very difficult to disguise himself as Obama. There's a lot of rich white guys who <laughs> disguise himself as. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but why not Obama? It's like the perfect disguise. <laughs> Although rich white guys... Oh, God. I, I can't, uh, should I say it? Shouldn't I say it? Good description. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Oh, I'm getting a text and I have no way of reading it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, shall we move on? Let's just move on. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Robot Revolution News 2. Um, printers. Printers? Yes, printers. Oh, they've gone crazy. Right. I have a printer. Fuji Xerox have... Right. Wait, has a 3D printer actually like gained sentience and is replicating itself? Not quite. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Fuji Xerox has made a printer. It's a robotic printer. You can print off your documents and it will come and deliver them to you. 
Okay. Now, this... Like, is this... Uh, on what sort of scale? Is this like, if I'm on the other side of the room? or Yeah, is this if you're on the other side of the room, on the other side of the office, that sort of thing. The mm. problem I have with this is, I've had lots of fights with office printers. I've had lots of fights with office printers in the past, and the last Did thing I win? want... Half the time. Was it like the bonus stage on Street Fighter? It basically, but instead yeah. Instead of a car. Have you seen that movie Office Space where yes. they take the fax machine and that? Yeah, that happened one time. Um, we kidnapped the fax machine printer type thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the last thing I want is to have to fight a robot for my printouts. Well, okay. I'll, the way I think about it, I'm is sorry, but this kind of this thing could get really upset with you and start start nudging the back of your chair, you know. I'm just imagining something more like R2-D2. It's kind of like that with a bit on top. Yeah, that's exactly what I imagined. Like R2-D2 coming, bringing your printouts. That's, yeah. that's fine. Like, I could take that in a fight. Yeah, but... No problem. Easy. Unless it's got one of them hidden circular saws. Like, uh, like in that bit where he randomly needs a circular saw. <laughs> okay. My problem with this is, if if that didn't give me my printouts and I got angry with it, it could very well start following me around, stalking me around the office, and every so often just kind of nudging the back of my heels or the back of my chair. Like, no. I, I'm worried about the other end, that it might run away from me when I'm trying to get something done. Yes, that is also <laughs> another option. But I need this important document, but the printer keeps running away. <laughs> Come back here. But to be fair, if it only brings you them from like the other side of the room, I can walk the other side of the room. I think this is maybe in like a office space where there's lots of computers. Make me a robot that can serve me drinks. <laughs> that's that's what I want. Do it. Couldn't you just get a bartender and like a tray? And just and, stick and the in tin foil and pretend he's a robot. Well, you could, <laughs> yeah, put, that's look, you, could put, you could put arms <laughs> on this. I was more suggesting you stick a tray to this. And you could put yeah, arms like on this. Yeah, when R2D2's got the tray yeah. in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Actually, yeah, no, exactly cup holders. Like it's, got, it's got flat sides. You could attach cup holders to the sides. Yep. Well, if it can mix drinks for me as well, that's ideal. Can it do that? <laughs> now you might be asking a bit too much. Ah, well, essentially, if you just replace printer ink with spirits, and then <laughs> <laughs> the principal sound... Okay. <laughs> there you go, Fuji like Xerox. Your next challenge. System. Yeah, Fuji Xerox have a new challenge now. Make a drink. Uh, make a robot that can follow Dave around and serve him drinks. Yes, that would be awesome in a bar. Like, you like wanting a drink? The drinks come to you. <laughs> well, like, like we've got GPS and stuff. Like, text the bar and then like yeah. bar robot brings it to you. Yeah. You're at a crowded gig, can't get to the bar. Yeah. Bar robot brings it. Sweet. Okay, uh, moving on. WTF Award number one. Tripping up the elderly for science. <laughs> Is it properly for science? Did they write it down and uh, did they have a control group where they didn't trip the elderly? <laughs> Basically, um, there's uh, researchers, scientists at the University of Illinois in Chicago. They put an elderly person in a harness and then trip them over. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did the elderly I, person not catch I, I, I kid you not. They basically, they, basically do, uh, they basically come up behind them and push them over, trip them over. <laughs> like You know those things you get when uh, you're sort of winning a baby into walking? So yeah. Like a little springy thing. Yeah. And the tight, like a door frame. Yeah. This is basically last, but for all people, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, is this, they're trying to work out new ways that you can abuse old people before they die. Well, no, this actually has a serious point to it. Um, they're, uh, you know, uh, they're trying to, they're trying to look into the science of falling and see if they can do things to actually protect old uh, elderly people when they do fall over. Yeah, like the ergonomics of it, like what hits the ground. Yeah, you know, what hits the ground first? That sort and of if thing. If you could do it in a controlled environment where you don't just have. Because yeah. there was a, what you what you're saying is we should bring back gladiators but have all the hosts as elderly people <laughs> <laughs> because they had all the pan in all the right places. Yeah. Well, there was this weird, crazy I'm idea sure that w- that went around uh, a couple of years ago. Um, in order to protect elderly people, they were talking about like wrist mounted and elbow mounted and knee mounted airbags. Okay, gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> Now, there is one particular problem with that idea. The speed at which airbags inflate would basically... Somebody falls over, hits the ground with their yeah, wrist and first... And then launches uh, off. Yes. Does it do? If it goes too fast, it just twangs them off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Team Rocket's blasting off again! Uh, Proportion yeah. is a thing, yeah. That yes. <laughs> so, yeah, um, there's this going on. The sunset is just a bloody pulpy mess. <laughs> I, when we're talking elderly people, we're not talking, you know... And where was original? We're not talking, like, pensioners. We're talking, like, 81-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, they're hooked up to sensors that track their movements. They're also hooked up in a, so to an overhead really? harness. And so what you're saying is, like, because the old people are wearing this harness, that they get pushed over and they don't really get hurt. They're not, they don't really <laughs> so, get hurt. So what, we, what the solution is, we put old people in harnesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And have, like, overhead rails all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'll work. <laughs> you do realise that there'll be a lot of obese people wanting to sign up to that as well. <laughs> Wally! <laughs> Wally's a thing. Yes, walking is too much effort. No, they'd still walk. Yeah. It's just that, like, it would, like, be taut enough that if they fell, it wouldn't... Why don't you just cut all of old people's limbs off and give them cybernetic limbs? There you go, that sorts it. Robo- <laughs> robots don't fall over. <laughs> Uh, they do, really, 8209. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that old person just fell over. Yeah, but it's cute. <laughs> this is the thing that internet memes of cats have solved. They do stupid things, but yeah, it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Also, apparently, if you look at pictures of uh, cute, furry, cute furry animals before you uh, do, do any sort of homework or exams, increases your... Uh, Ability to concentrate. Apparently, it releases like ah. serotonin in the brain and calms yeah. you down. So I should just grab my kit and give it some like strokes and stuff, and then be <laughs> like, "Yeah, I can, uh, I can now do more work." Yeah, basically. Okay. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. Problem with having an actual cat there, though, is it tends to get in the way of you trying to work. So where does that end yeah. and pug dogs begin? Because just what are pug dogs? Nobody knows. Are they pr- they're not cute. Stop they it! Are stop adorable. it! It's like a bulldog's bum swallowed a bee. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not a pretty animal. Have you seen How to Train Your Pug? No, but I feel it, like I should now. It's <laughs> a reenactment of How to Train Your Dragon, told entirely with pugs. That sounds like <laughs> terrifying. It's amazing. It's it's adorable, but bizarre. They they put little black wings on one of them. It's toothless. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't reduce toothless like that. Toothless is awesome. Anyway, is that's that... the bit I don't understand. Why people, you know, dress their dogs up in, like, clothes. <laughs> because it's fun. Straight a bit off topic on this one. Is yeah. it the last news story? No, no, or... the last news story is this one. Second WTF award. Um... <laughs> oh, hang on, that's the wrong one. Uh, scientists at uh, Fermilab are undertaking research to see if 
we are all living in a hologram. Ah, right. Okay. It's a terrible hologram if we. No, are. that's that's a that's actually a sort of. It's Matrix, a, basically. Well, it's a thought experiment dating back to, like, Descartes, really, because he's... No, like, they're actually putting together uh, actual equipment uh, to research whether we are actually living in a hologram. Well, Who's hologram? Basically, all of our senses <laughs> can be question. fooled, yeah. so it's a, it's a philosophical thought experiment you should maybe actually look into. Is it cats again? The Futurama theory was right. They're actually really smart. Yes. And they're all, you know, we're playing for their joy. All employees must have cats. Yeah. Exactly. Was has cats, sorry. Yeah. Even be- even robots, you know, counter this sort of thinking. Yeah, anyway. Cats uh, are overlords, apparently. The, the Egyptians were right. Yeah, it is a new experiment starting at Fermilabs. And <laughs> they're going to be uh, using various uh, things, including Craig Hogan's holometer experiment. Uh, sorry, what? Uh, it's uh, an experiment uh, that... Uh, it's basically Hogan's been building a pair of L-shaped instruments is underground. This Hogan? No, no, Craig Hogan. Uh, he's been building a is, pair. Is of his first name actually Craig? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How come Americans can't pronounce Craig? They call Craig. Yeah, sorry. That's just yeah, the that was, <laughs> that's just a far. Yeah, uh, he's build, building a pair of L-shaped instruments underground to measure noise that could prove Craig, the holographic Craig. principle. Totally different. Okay, so... It doesn't say what these L-shaped instruments are actually made of, or where they are, or what they actually... or what they... you know, how they actually work. It just says there's a pair of L-shaped instruments underground to measure noise. Well, I know they use the L-shape because of the 45 angle. Yeah. And uh, the way that sound bounces, you can measure things with it, but I don't know exactly how... I'm I'm no Scientologist. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was the news... Uh, so to recap, um, Hulk Hogan invents. <laughs> yep. Uh, invents the letter L. And invents it bartending in the robot. Yep. Uh, which is a Google drone. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's that was the news as far as I was aware. Yes, that was the news. Anyway, um, we are going to uh, take a break there. Things, words. No, we are the Geek Show, not the Greek Show. The Greek Show is a totally different show. All, all that frantic <laughs> keyboard pressing, science is happening. Yep. Yes, science is happening. Um, we were in danger of being Greek for a second there, but we aren't now, thankfully. Anyway, um, this is... Would we have more olives if we were? <laughs> Possibly. Mom on over Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Greek people. We'll be back in a few minutes. Well, I may be hungry, but there's always time for the geek show. Welcome back to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM. And we're talking about things, things that went on too long and things that should stop, really. Most precisely, it's uh, if something works, there are different ways you can do it. You can sort of milk it to our belief or you can sort of chop and change it. They're the sort of, you know, binaries we're looking at today. Yeah, milk that ca- gravy train, ride yeah. that cash cow. Yeah. Well, yeah, all this stuff that just can't sit still on a good pro- like, uh, formula. But... So you're covered in milk and gravy. Yeah. Aye. Anyway, um, why do certain franchises spawn, like, multiple sequels? I'm doing me Chris impersonation here. Money! (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) You know, I don't don't mean, like, sequels that, you know, continue on the story, you know, further the story. I mean sequels where the core movie is basically the same thing over and over again. Final Destination. In the terms of movies, it's very simple. Established IP, sell. 
Yeah. You don't have to re-establish a new universe where people don't understand the rules, don't understand the characters. This is this universe that's been set up. Even if you just know the name, you go, oh, there's the new Nightmare on Elm yeah, Street. I want that. I kind of know what that is, so I can go and appreciate it on that level. But it does seem it's the same with like Marvel movies and all sorts. Like, it's, it's generally it's, only horror films that get up to the, the yeah, the, like, that, yeah, yeah, the double digits of uh, ha- yeah. But let's be fair, Marvel movies will end up that way. They have just sort of started. Not so really. Well, the world. If I you think, consider how many there's been, yeah, know. I think, that, and I they've think all been quite unique. The thing no, that happens. Well, the happens. I, 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 I think. I think where's the, where's, where's the black superhero in movies? Where's the female superhero in movies? They're all the great white hope. He's just. He's got a point. You know. <laughs> He does have a, he does have a point. Aside from the Hulk, there's no real. <laughs> They're all white Falcon, yeah, yeah, who's basically his support character. They're all kind of uh, well. No, Nick Fury is the lead character. No, he's not. He's supporting. He's a supporting character. Who's got a larger role than he would necessarily because it's Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, and he'd make it known <laughs> if he was a support character. Yeah. So Falcon had a huge part in. Um... Yeah, no, but this is just very recent. You can't generalise off the back of the most recent movie, off a trend that's been happening for like the past uh, seven years, I think it is. It's longer than that. I mean, the first Iron Man was like 2007. So. Yeah, but that whole thing goes back much further than that. No, not this sort of MCU. That's about seven-year-old. I'm talking about in superhero movies in general, the lack of any characters with Well, that's not what we're talking about. The that's not what lack we're talking of female about. Characters. Anyway, but I mean, uh, I think the point Ben was making was that when you... Uh, and I actually, uh, I actually have to agree with Ben on this one because he does have a very good point. With movies like the Saw franchise, um, it's basically the same movie repeated over and over again. But and where, the with the Marvel point. universe, with the Marvel, com- with well, the Marvel cinematic going universe, the, going back you to the have, movies, though, horror movies. Yeah, you they, they, you they, have they, like the Captain America movies over here, and you have the Thor movies over here. And yes, they all converge into like the Avengers movies. That makes it and much more like blurry. That. It's like one big franchise. But, but each film is a different film, not yeah. the exact. Oh, same. I, I know, I know, but like, it's, it's like, not like we saw where the next one is just going to be a load of people getting tortured. I, I know, yeah, I understand right. that. It's just the MCU ties it all together into one massive franchise. Yeah, but the thing is, with the Franchise that contains different elements. Like oh, yeah, latest, yeah, yeah, yeah. The latest Captain America was more of a, like, spy, spy thriller. thriller. Oh, that's, um, that's very new, though. They have been the same movie for a very long time. It's sort of like the Russo brothers kicked that up the backside, really, and give it a good change for the future of the franchise. And Guardians of the Galaxy did that as well. But, mm. again, with the horror movies, they came out once a year, and it was at Halloween, so it makes sense, I suppose. You, you want a good Halloween movie. Although they weren't good movies, they got in the numbers on the Halloween, sort of. Weeks. Well, I think once they've got a premise that people like as well, they yeah. know people yeah. will keep going back for the same, yeah, the same yeah. thing. It's good value it does, for money at that point of the year. It does dilute the uh, dilute the original premise quite a lot as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it does. By like by the late like Nightmare on Elm Streets, Freddy's no longer. Well, a joke I, now. I, I, I've got four words for you: Leprechaun in the hood. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all I need to say. That's all I need to say. I mean, uh, Jason X is... Oh. Is that the one in space? Yes, yeah. that's the one in space. That's hilarious. I know. <laughs> but Jason originally isn't something that's hilarious. He's, he's a terrifying character in the uh, in yeah. the original movie. He's not in the original movie. Oh, you said movies. Sorry. It was his mo- it was his mum in the first yeah. one. Yeah, I know. So yeah. It's like... These old horror characters but, that used to be threatening are now... Yeah, by the, the iteration, they've had like an, an action figure line... Yeah, yeah. They've had, uh, sometimes they've even had like 
Yeah. I mean, you see kids in Forbidden Planet look, going up to like the Saw figures, you know, and the, the fi- uh, figures of Jigsaw and saying, well, Mom, no, I want to this. Be honest, it's an uh, iconic like image. Up, it's an iconic image. That's yeah, what it tells growing you. Growing up as a kid, like, um, uh, I was surrounded by and even had a few um, action figures for films like Terminator, Robocop, Alien. Yeah, I had like a Terminator figure you can dip in sort of this goo and yeah, put flesh which on is it designed you can peel for off. kids who couldn't have seen an 18 rated movie. Yeah. You did then. You, you, you totally did. <laughs> it was that age. The yeah. 90s yeah. were like that. Yeah. So, um, but that means that the the kids that are familiar with the, the characters are then seeing films later on and they're seeing their watered down versions of them, basically. Hmm. That they can be more easily mass marketed than a. That's the, that's the great problem, can't we? With uh, the horror. There's loads of creative people in horror, but all the money is going into these really easy to sell things with like nice, definable yeah. colours yeah. that they can all mm. recognise. Um, the, I would argue there's not been a great horror character in quite a while. The, uh, most of the big horror franchises that have been taken off lately have been really. It's all kind uh, of paranormal insane, accidents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that sort paranormal accidents. I actually prefer that title. Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it uh, Toby Keith? Well, I'm, I was sort of, from, yeah. I was sort of saying like. Um, uh, Final Destination and Paranormal Activity. Final, yeah. Dest- <laughs> Final Destination. I think it's Toby Keith, the guy who played Candyman. He effectively plays death in that series. That's as, yeah, as close as you get to a sort of... Like a know. character, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, the, he's, the, he's the tall tall, uh, tall uh, guy with the uh, really gravelly voice. He, I like him. The 80s and 90s had a lot more character-based yeah. horror yeah. to... Um, it was the slasher. The slasher brought this sort of thing because Nightmare on Elm Street is a slasher movie. Yeah, yeah. it's a fantastical one, but it's a slasher. Uh, is what the trends there have been sort of torturous stuff and haunted houses. I mean, it's a different age, really. The first Final Destination movie, you know, it was an interesting oh, take it was on a horror idea. Yeah, but then they went up to like Final Destination Five, and Fnivenal. by that point, it's Five No Destination. Five null destination. Five null. They got up to They got up to that, and by that point, I'm looking at death as like a supernatural Rube Goldberg machine. Well, you're looking yeah. at death like Dragon Ball. It doesn't really matter. Cost will get wished back in the next. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I you like the it, stuff in um in the Final Destination movies. Same reason I have trouble with the new source. Everything's got really over complex. Like in old ones, like in the first one, it was like the guy slips on water. Have you noticed how it's how in those movies they're getting more and more like seventies Batman villain traps? (laughs) (laughs) You know. Mm. But I was just thinking, is it like I know that money comes into it. Yeah. But people kind of have a desire to hear the same stories over and over again. Oh yeah. Well it's all like the rock the boat. Uh, well, you know that and like it's comfort food, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's comfort foods. Uh, in terms of horror films, people like to hear the same stories around the campfire, that sort of thing. Which people is, don't like change. It's, it's not that. It, it, well, it, it's not s- just there. Sometimes it's like it's an old story, but the audience is hearing it for the first time. Well, as I say, there's only nine stories that a movie can have. But you know, yeah, you can dress it up on whatever. Exactly, like, it's the thing. The the tribbles and the little bits on the outside that make making it, it a yeah. sci-fi instead of a western doesn't make it a different story no, no, it but, but moving away from the horror it's not just that I mean the mega franchise I'm not talking about Marvels keep a Marvel out of it yeah but, but there's others Transformers yeah Indiana Jones all these films you know well Indiana Jones have been f- uh, what's it called four 
Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Bond. These uh, essentially they're all, they all have Alien. yeah they all have movies that uh, you know they all feature movies that took a great big steaming uh, well, in a way on the fra- on the franchise you know so you, you have could, to question why did they get made? You but, could call the character Bond something different in every film. There is a essentially a, like people. There's always going to be a market for a film like a Bond film. Yeah. Uh, uh, listen to this podcast, not mentioning the name, because we don't do that. Well, the only podcast you need to listen to. Uh, <laughs> with Max Landers, we'll get a great sort of theory for Bond, and that Bond is just a code name they give to anybody who is 007. Yeah. And in that continuity, that, works. that series makes sense. Yeah. But what they're doing now, it basically it turns Bond into some sort of Jim's, uh, some sort of Doctor Who figure who gets Yeah, that's why I thought he's actually um, every a Time year. Lord. A title <laughs> makes sense, like the Dread Pirate Robs- Robinson kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. And uh, especially, like, if it was a, a name known in, like, spy circles. Yeah. Like, oh, we're up against James Bond. Even if it wasn't the same James Bond, it would have the same yeah. effect on his uh, enemies, wouldn't it? The, yeah. But I like Pierce the idea Brosnan. that there might be multiple James Bonds around the world doing their own thing going, I am Bond. That was the idea he suggested, like yeah. the, all the old James Bonds go rogue and they go after Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just, would be a great movie. You know, you, know, yeah. like the, uh, you know that Doctor Who episode, The Five Doctors? Yeah. yeah. Imagine that with Bonds. <laughs> and The Five Doctors. We're talking there about was one that was five Doctors. There's been a few crossover ones. Yeah, because I know they did the three Doctors, which was like John Pertwee and Patrick Troughton and uh, I think the original Doctor Who, um, um, which was the first time I saw the three Doctors all let's, at once. Uh, let's spin this around a little bit. We're talking about the bad end. Yeah. Is there something that you saw like a great idea that you'd like to see be made a franchise? I don't know. It's not we're just talking about these bad movies that have become worse through time, through, through you know, being uh, yeah, dragged that, through the things dirt. Things that... Could be a successful franchise. Uh, no, something that you'd like to see. You saw once and you thought that was awesome. I would love to see more of that because that is what all these like, sort of franchises stem from. The sort of desire to see these characters that you yeah. got invested with like, one more time, and then it becomes eight more times, yeah, and then twenty more times. But just some characters or some franchise that you would like to you know revisit in a new way. Because mm-hmm. we all we talk about the bad stuff. It's not all bad. I'd love to see another Hulk movie. I'd love to see. Uh, we it's will eventually. What, like another re- reboot? Or? No, no, no. I'd like I'd like them just to carry on after the post Avengers. Um, well, it's hard. I think there is another one planned. Actually, mm. it's hard to make a Hulk movie though because all the other superheroes are heroic either through accident or not, and he just doesn't really care. He kind of wants to get rid of it, and he's just kind of floating around being a bit of a, a, a nomad. He's not really something you could plan well, a Hulk. There's rumors. Uh, there's rumors about the Planet Hulk movie could be in the works. Mm. Well, I I don't know. I you know you remember the TV series for the Hulk? I yeah, think, that's basically a nomad thing. It's yeah, just, I think if they did it along the lines of the TV series, but you know, uh, refined more so it's post Avengers. <laughs> yeah, you you because most sad walking in the distance music. Yeah, sad that. walking in the distance music. I think that might appeal to more people because more people will have watched the TV series than they'll will have read the comics. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know. uh, anybody else? Uh, maybe it's kind of aged that TV series. It right? has, it but the, the idea of the Hulk being the being the lonely wanderer, you know, how, having no real place where he fits in, because if he gets angry, he breaks that place. Having a greened up guy, you just smash through polystyrene walls. There's been cartoons that have followed that sort of premise and yeah. had that episode kind of fo- uh, format yeah. where he's either actively seeking a cure and it always goes wrong, or he's trying to be left alone yeah the Incredible Hulk cartoons it's, yeah. very, it's very hard to sort of pin a movie on it it has to 
be something like big like Planet Hulk for it to work. Really. I don't know. I mean, I, I like the idea of the Hulk as the road movie. I know, but when you consider the baggage of a Marvel movie, you expect something big for that. You can't really have a road movie with that. It, for it, it, I, it, it's such a it's such a nice idea, though, isn't it? You know, you could have a little bit. You could have your action set pieces in it. Uh, Marvel have been. T- they are doing like Netflix series. Yeah. Is, 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 um, that would work as a Netflix thing. Yeah, actually, possibly. One off, yeah. Like movie yeah. network, network Netflix thing, but nothing like major. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, I think the longest running movie franchise might be Godzilla. It's yeah. like 30 movies. Yeah. Knocking on, you know. But, uh, and that constantly has to. It sticks to the key formula. There's no con- running continuity of yeah. this follows that, follows um, this follows there are, that. There are mini continuities. Oh. Like, every time... Basically, Godzilla takes, like, hiatuses. Yeah, I had an argument back. I had an argument with my uh, <laughs> seven-year-old nephew about who'd win in a fight, Spider-Man or Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla would smush him. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Spider-Man has spider-sense. He's got atomic <laughs> breath. Yeah. <laughs> kind of it would be a very one-sided fight. Obviously, yeah. my nephew was going for Spider-Man. I said, no, no, Godzilla, no, definitely. No. But anybody else? Any sort of franchises or films that you love that you'd like to see turn into a well, franchise? I'm actually hoping on what well, the reason I was uh, bringing up Godzilla is like not the the Japanese franchise is great, but <laughs> I'm hoping the uh, the new film wasn't the best. The last thirty minutes were great. Oh yeah, and I'm hoping yeah. if they could actually get a franchise out of that, they wouldn't have to have the run up. That the first yeah. film had. We have yeah. to establish the character. My problem with the first one, though, is it kind of turned Godzilla into a superhero far too soon. Yeah. He should have been, like, the monster of threat to people before the superhero. And what about the little fairy creatures that can, that can tra- understand what Godzilla's saying? No, no, no it's Mothra. Mothra oh, sorry, Mothra, that Mothra. Yeah, Mothra's the one with the fairies, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, ben, have you got anything you'd like to I'm, see sort of franchise arise? I'm trying to think, but there was... It could be anything. And a lot of the things I've seen, I'm, if there was like one movie of it, I'm like, that finished really well. I don't want them to ruin it with the next one. Well, to yeah. be fair, well, that's fair enough. I think yeah. people people want to see the next Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, film. that yeah. ends in a good place. It doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Yeah. But, it ends in a place that, yeah, these guys could have more adventures. But so. then you've got movies like The Matrix, which also ended in a great place. There has been talk of rebooting that. Has it? Yeah. The rumblings, early rumblings of it. But, uh, you know, The Matrix ended... A, the first movie ended in a brilliant place. It was a great standalone movie on its own. You know, it was like and an ambiguous ending. Where does this future go? Who knows? Yeah, and then they did, you know, the sequels and... I think that was studio pressure for that, though. Because yeah. number one was so successful. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's who knows where it goes, but it's, yeah. there's a potential that humanity could be saved. So yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But leaving it open, I think, better. Yeah, but, I mean, then you go on to the likes of Batman and Robin, Spider-Man 3... Uh, Superman 4 well, uh, uh, <laughs> you can't blame that on I mean, that's just Joel Schumacher being an absolute Superman terrible. 4 was Joel Schumacher yeah, Schumacher. it's just by existing <laughs> it becomes Joel Schumacher's fault <laughs> anything that's bad superhero related Joel Schumacher he was there what Francesco. about okay? What about uh, yeah. the 2001 <laughs> reboot of Planet of the Apes? Joe Schumacher was there. <laughs> he was peeping around corners in the studio. but the 2001 reboot became a franchise because essentially well, Dawn of the Planet related? of the Apes and uh, the other one are both prequels right. to that reboot. It's a messy continuity with Planet of the Apes. It's They're not prequels the to the original film, though, are they? Even They're the original film's continuity makes basically no oh, sense. Oh, the second one. No, no, the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was a complete reboot of the whole thing. Dawn um, of the Planet it of wasn't, the Apes? No. It, it's not even a reboot of... Uh, it's not even a prequel to 2001. Rise 2001 is, is treated like Indiana Jones 4. 
it Rise doesn't of the exist. Planet of the Apes is a remake of Battle of the Planet of the Apes from the yeah. original one. So yeah. it's it's all over the place, that continuity. And like there's a shot in the first and where the ship which is basically carrying uh, the guy from the first film up into space. So yeah. he gets lost and comes back like thousands of years later. Oh, right. It's a messy all over the place. And well, then you've got the Transformers. And we always seem to return to Transformers. <sighs> I've not bothered with the film since the first one. That's the only one I've seen. I, I, I watched the second one, and that was enough for me. Well, that's yeah. like the, apparently the worst one by far. Oh. Like the it says one. they like to start off with like dinosaurs and they were back in the earth that long ago, wasn't it? I can't remember. The 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 fourth one is, yeah, it's awful. It's <laughs> not even Mark Wahlberg can save it. Mark Wahlberg's lovely, though. The only, lovely. Way, the only way Mark Wahlberg could save it is if, at the end, he basically did a, did a complete kind of one, uh, complete 360 and went back to his old career as Marky Mark, put, on, put his cap on backwards, took off his top and started rapping. That's okay. the only way to save let's, let, let's the fourth Transformers movie. Let's wrap up. Best or worst entry to a franchise you've seen? Um, very best or worst. Best or worst entry to a franchise? Yeah. So, like, uh, uh, an example of a worst one would be, like, something like Batman and Robin. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Shadow of it was, it was it was toilet. Yes. Um, Jurassic Park 2. Jurassic Park was Why? a great movie. Jurassic Park was, was a good standalone movie. Is this the worst? It was, it's the you worst of the Jurassic Park movies. If you go movies. for worst, go for three. Three's wor- far there's worse. A, there's a no, bit no, of pre-descent pre- in it. It's, it's not like they did it... Purely for the money, Jurassic Park was a series of novels. Yeah. So there was more material they could work with. Yeah. So, in a way, making the first one implies they may have went down that route. Yeah, but the the whole idea that after the dangers of Jurassic Park, you know, they suddenly have an extra island, and there's this, uh, his girlfriend happens to be a wildlife photographer, and she's gone to the island, and she's exploring by herself... And then insert, you know, random adopted black child here. You're not allowed to have movies. It's called suspension of disbelief, Rob. <laughs> I just I just thought of two movies that killed a franchise before it happened. Go on. Um, I really like the book series, His Dark Materials. Yes. Unfortunately, all we got was Northern Lights, yep. which is called The Golden Compass as a film. Yeah. Um, oh. uh, Lemony Snicket's. Oh yeah, I th- that, uh, that was actually quite a nice. Um, the, the, I really liked that movie. It was uh, very, very stylish, very different, yeah. and uh, it was. It came out at a time when a lot of book series were being made into. I full. think it came out at the wrong time. No, right time. It, it was the right ca- time. It was the right time. It was the time when book series were being like yeah. adapted into full like sagas of no, films. No, uh, but that's what I mean. I think it came out at the wrong time because there was so many, of th- so much of that happening so it couldn't really stand out amongst the crowd. I guess. Yeah, yeah I, it I got, get it what got, he- it got heavily overlooked in favour of all the other movies, the Harry Potters and everything like that. You know, it, it, yeah. people overlooked it. Which I is, see what you mean. Every studio did want their Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, I think it was very brave that the uh, the Narnia series actually like, got yeah. back on its feet and started again. Oh, God, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, they're never going to finish that one. Yeah. I would love them to try their hand at the silver chair and the, uh, you know... What, the last the battle? No, the silver chair and the last battle, I was the, about the to say, because they're the two darkest ones. The actors would have to be recast because they're all too old. Yeah. They'd have to be basically rebooted for that to happen. But, yeah, 
Well, actually, no, because in the Narnia series, they're supposed to get older. Oh, no, but... Yeah, but yeah. they don't get that much older. By the time they're on the train in the last battle, they're, um, I think they're about 15, 16. And they're at least 20. Well, no, the, uh, the, older ones, uh, the older ones are basically pushing 18, 19, 20. Well, the, older, the youngest one is at least 20 now. Like, between 20 and 30 they are now. So yeah. Yeah. But if you're uh, if you're 30 in Hollywood, you can play someone in high school. Well, if yeah. you yeah, yeah, apparently if you're Andrew Garfield, who just doesn't age. He's oh, oh, Melissa Joan Hart. I no, she how long did she play Sabrina the Teenage Witch for? Well, that was a, t- a while ago. I recently found out, according to BoJack Horseman, that Andrew Garfield loves lasagna. That's okay because <laughs> he's lovely <laughs> and he's British, and we like British actors. I'm fan, oh, yeah. you're not going to like me for picking this. Okay. Well, people won't like me for picking this. Oh no, 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 The Hobbit. The Hobbit 1 and 2. I will agree with you on that. Absolute toilet hall garbage. I enjoyed them. I just I, I was w- fine with seeing I w- Maul on I w- the Rings. I, w- I, w- I will yeah, agree exactly, with that, Bob. Exa- that's exactly it, though. It's just Maul on the Rings. There's nothing distinct about it. It's just... we like That was successful. It's even got the same musical motifs. There's nothing new or adventurous about it. It's like fan service. That's not the fine. reason why I don't and, like it. And... Uh, what's he called? Uh, Orlando Bloom is not supposed to be there. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> the Black Arrow... Bo- <laughs> to be fair, the book's kind of weak. I mean, it, I, I read it as a, a kid and loved it, but... The book it, is very weak. There's like oh, uh, there's entire sections where that could be summed up in two words. They travelled. Yeah, the, um, <coughs> the, next, Hobbit, the next Hobbit film is, from the trailers I've seen, g- going to be better by, uh, than that section of the book by default because so much of the Battle of the Five Armies just gets glossed over straight away. Characters have been built up will suddenly disappear hmm. and you're offered very little in terms of even like as a reader time to de- to deal with that but the thing is they could have just done up uh, done like a, a two and a half three hour movie and covered the entire thing in one movie that's the point i mean we're talking about sort of cash cows one movie is enough there's absolutely no reason to build it out in free that's just no it's the just, very worst of hollywood i mean when it? you have to start adding stuff that isn't even in the book to stretch things out into three movies oh, bloom ain't even supposed to be there yeah but then there's stuff they've <laughs> added that makes it might make more context like well, the, uh, it's my the choice ne- so the it's necromancer and saruman the connection to uh to that's saruman. in the bu- that's in the book anyway let's move no, on it's let's not on. it's in the similarian the bits that are in no, Gandalf, uh, Gandalf actually tells the uh, tells the hobbits that uh, him and his brother had to deal with the necromancer. <laughs> and, uh, okay, and, you two. Connors. Other things. Other things. Other things. Anyway. Other things. <laughs> I regret saying it. Die I'm Hard sorry. 4. You, uh, die Hard 4. And not I a good day go, to Die oh, Hard. I reckon you yeah. could go from like Die Hard. Die Hard 1 and 3 and the rest, no. <laughs> a good day to Die Hard just sounds like. It just sounds very wrong. It sounds more like a porn title. Yeah. <laughs> two is terrible. Three is awesome. One's awesome. No, the rest. <laughs> I, I say two's all right. It's basically the same. But it's one, no right? number four. Number no. four is the. Uh, if we're talking, is that the if one we're with talking the hacker? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's terrible. A good date that I had is the one in Russia, which is just awful. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. If we're talking franchise colours of of like this year, and it wasn't a good franchise to begin with, but uh, Expendables three. That was never a franchise. That was <laughs> they were pushing that so hard to be a franchise, but it just no. Well, it's had three films. That's a franchise. It's kind of by fluke, though, really. Yeah. I, I, uh, None of them have been that, that successful, really. No, they haven't. But a PG-13? 
on it. I think the best use of the concept is, uh, have you seen Broforce? It's a game. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, they released uh, a free DLC for it called Expender Bros, where you could play as the <laughs> cast of Expendables. You know what the bad thing about this is, though? The recent version with women, and it's called the Expendables. <sighs> exactly. Exactly. Right, shall we uh, take a break there? Yeah. We'll be back in a few minutes. All right. My name is Sunny. Sunny mascot of Sunny Con. And you're listening to The Geek Show. Welcome back to 104.5 CVFM, The Geek Show. We're now moving on to games. Rob, yes. Rob said we're in games, and I think that's brilliant. <laughs> I'd yeah. love to be in games. We're in the game. Yes, we <laughs> are in the game. Well, if they prove that hologram thing, then, you know, we might <laughs> actually be, be in the game. It's in the game. <laughs> Ben's in the game. Anywho. Get your head in the game, Rob. Yes. Anywho, yes. Um, franchises. Um, some franchises that continue to remain popular even though they haven't actually changed all that much over the years. And a prime example that Dave uh, and I talked about uh, the other day was Worms from Team 17. The genius there is, though, it's not released all that much. Yeah, way, yeah they, they sort of, um, when new console generations come, come out, they'll go, does anyone fancy playing Worms? You probably don't have it anymore. Yeah. We can... Yeah. Uh, and it's, the thing is, it's a great pick-up-and-play multiplayer game. You know, you can just pick it up, play it. Uh, play uh, it's got to be, like, local. Th- it can't there be has online. been dodgy ones in the series. Yeah. Um, Worms 3D is incredibly difficult to play because of the uh, the addition of 3D. Yeah. They kind of fixed it a little bit with Forts, which focuses... Yeah, Forts played well. Yeah, mm. it still has 3D gameplay, but it's more focused in how you... Yeah, the most recent it. one, Battlegrounds, is a, it, it, it's a part from, the, uh, from last year's PC uh, version, and... I've got to say, it's really good to play. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. But basically, they can release something like Worms Armageddon on any console and be guaranteed yeah. a bit of bit more money yeah. in yeah. the Team 17 pot. Yeah. Well, our Andy from uh, Literary Loitering reviewed it for us um, on the website. So, <clears throat> But yeah, um, it's it's interesting because, th- I mean, there are others. I know, I know I've put Mario down, and I know there's very a lot of variety in Mario. As far as Nintendo franchises go, that is one of the more adventurous well, uh, well Zel- that, I'd put well, Zelda you, is the most you, adventurous. When you mentioned Mario, that um, as I say, if you look at the main series of Mario games, yeah. um, <laughs> they seem to get different with every iteration. Well, yeah, um, I, I think f- Mario's become a test bed for Nintendo for them to try new ideas out with Mario that they can actually put into sort other of, games. Do you know you can't complain that like they're trying out things new no, no, in every I, game? I'm saying, uh, I'm saying, so we oh had this discussion. <laughs> if you let me finish. I'm saying I put Mario down, but after the discussion we had earlier, I realised that Mario shouldn't be yeah. there. There's other Nintendo you know, franchises um, which are the same. I'm game, accepting you know. I'm wrong, Ben. Yeah. Do you know that um, Miyamoto <laughs> actually said, me. on these lines, he said, uh, he's, he's made a statement along the lines of, if, you, uh, if you've played Mario 3 on the NES, yeah. um, everything's got a very <laughs> stage motif. It yeah. looks like stage props, it looks like yeah. you're, you're on, yeah. um, like, as, a, as in a stage to play. Um, there are other games in the Mario series that have that same sort of motif. Yeah. He's basically said that the Mario cast are more like actors yeah. that play out a scenario. Yeah. So that's why... It makes more sense. Backstories yeah. can be yeah. reset, canons can be changed, because yeah. it's more that they are playing a part in the next game. Okay. So rather than, like, 
You know, like Mario yeah. doesn't have a complex story. Because okay, he... let's leave Mario to one side. You know, uh, because me putting him down was obviously a mistake. Um, I mean, you can argue things like uh, one of the biggest Grand Mario. Dog? I was going to say one, of the, one, one of the biggest Mario's uh, selling franchises yeah. is Mario Party. Yeah, that sold more games on the Wii U than Mario Galaxy. Yeah, so. It's selling more than the main series game. It's Ace yeah. now, isn't it? Mario, uh, Mario Party Ace. No, I think it's on nine. That's far too many. It's not changed since like it was first released on the N64. Yeah, it's the same concept, yeah. and it's always the same with just the pick up and play multiplayer. Yeah. Um, mini games. They they change up superficial details, but otherwise it's the same yeah. same thing. Yeah. What don't hate me, but Mario Kart could also be accused of that for a big proportion. Yeah, um, I love Mario yeah. Kart Eight, but it is a refinement. It's mm. not a departure. It's a, it's really distilling down what works but and it's kind of, what makes it good. It, it, with Mario Kart, though, it's kind of the same the same thing that's going on with games like Need for Speed and Gran Turismo, yeah. you know, and Burnout as well. No, Burnout, Burnout, is, Burnout is it changes itself quite. It, it's basically a dead franchise now. The yeah. guys who make it don't want to yeah. do it anymore. Paradise killed it. But you've I uh, like Paradise. You were saying, I liked it. You were saying Grand Theft Auto. Um, Grand Theft Auto. Well, so they are the same game. There's all a the massive changes, paradigm shift between the PS1 and PS2. One. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm not game. talking about the PS1 and PS2 ones. But I'm talking PS2 about from Grand Theft Auto 3 onwards. It's know, all the same game. It's uh, essentially it's the same game. It's the, the storyline and the cast that change. Yeah, it's been um, refined here and there, like the Mario Kart series has, but it is basically the same thing. Yeah, and in a way, the thing I think it'll the, continue to sell because it's still the king of sandbox games. Yeah. And it's still executed very well. And on the back of that, you, you know, um, sorry, uh, to the side of that, you also have, like, your Battlefields and your Modern Warfares. It's How many wars do you want to actually be in? Well, the thing with those games is it's the person who buys one game a year and want to get loads of hours out of the multiplayer, and that's who that sort of market, you know... Yeah, but Playdate 2 was much more fun to play. Yeah, but it wasn't. didn't have the marketing clout of, you know... It doesn't have EA... Trying to make money behind it. Yeah, that's this is true. the main problem. Speaking of EA, um, sports games in general. Well, what? sports games are exactly the same as Mario Kart or anime iterations. It doesn't need to be one every year. It's just like a refinement of the formula. Yeah, but I mean, the difference being, sports games. Whenever they, I mean, the, the next FIFA game, FIFA 15, that comes out, mm -hmm. it's going to be number one in the charts. That's pretty much guaranteed. Because football's the biggest sport in the world. You know, um, people will people will buy FIFA 15 in droves. We know that. In a way, what actually sounds like a healthy um, evolution is something that we're discussing when Xbox <laughs> One was coming out, is that the idea of um, subscribing to FIFA rather than buying a physical it's copy It's something that year. I suggested as well. Um, in that like, you would have refinements in the gameplay, you'd have uh, new player rosters. You know, have new Final Fantasy XIV does like, the updates and the patches and everything yeah. like that, just like any other MMO. Treating it like that, I think, is a much better idea. And it seems to be what they were talking about with uh, with certain things, uh, the the EA, the EA subscriptions yeah. and season pass kind of ideas. Because if you're not if you're not doing the management mode, if all you're doing is do, doing uh, like a player career within a team, you know, or just playing the game within a team, it gives you more live updates. You can actually play with the current team yeah. as it is now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, which I think more people would buy into. Yeah, it does seem like the the way the, that sort of franchise should should evolve, really. Well, not just that franchise, but all, half the all, most of the sports franchises, yeah. the the team sports franchises, I should say, uh, Madden, NHL, that sort of thing. Mm. You know, 
Um, it would probably make them more money as well. It'd make up a hell of a lot more money. Because once you've got people hooked on like a subscription-based model, yeah. uh, I know that um, game, like, um, game outlets, you know, like places that sell games, were actually worried by the Xbox One announcements because they thought um, the model that we're discussing sounded more like um, phone uh, yeah. subscriptions. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so far, they've not really done anything to change the like the gaming marketplace that much yeah so, uh, was it ea who's announced the serve their streaming service where you pay a subscription and then you can use that their game library for as uh, long as you pay the subscription i think this is the one where sony sort of said yeah that's not good value for money yeah yeah a big sort of stress about that set the um xbox one for it was so mm. yeah um yeah, but I mean, uh, I think the subscription service for sport, team sports games works definitely. Yeah. I don't think it works for you know single player sports games like tennis and stuff like that. Although oh, I, ha- I haven't actually seen a good ten- tennis game in a long time. Virtual tennis is amazing. Well, it was yeah, once. Virtual tennis on the ga- on the Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, where you ago. can actually play just by looking at the VMU. Yes, it was a long time <laughs> ago, <laughs> but it was good. Oh man, Mario Power Tennis—that's some good stuff. <laughs> What, the ge- the Wii version or the GameCube version? GameCube version. Yeah, I was going to say. The Wii uh, version, I-, I don't know why they did it. Should we wrap up with a pick of the geek? Or? Well, no, we've got uh, uh, one more thing. What m- one right. more thing. One more thing, yes. Uh, How many franchise killers does Sonic need? <laughs> <laughs> How is it still a franchise? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a popular character with a lot of appeal. There has been some good games in the, in, yeah. in the thing. So. But the uh, 2006 Sonic the Hedgehog wasn't one of them. No, it wasn't, no. but then, like, Sonic Colors and uh, Sonic Generations were Sonic really Rush. good. Sonic Rush seemed to work Sonic as well. Sonic Rush is good, yeah. goes really goes back to... And the Sonic Advance games were good as well. Yeah. Um, but the, this new <laughs> Sonic Boom... <coughs> yeah, um, It sounds like a Guile game. It would work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, if they gave Sonic Guile's haircut in it, that would have been... From, I, I would have bought the game just for that. From what I've seen, it, it looks like they're going for the Ratchet and Clank kind of audience. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll work, though. Well, I think films. they need something to branch out because, at the moment, it's only Sonic fans who want but to buy Sonic This is Sonic the thing, games. they should take a leaf out of Nintendo's book and what they're doing with Mario. You know, instead of trying to aim for a specific uh, for a specific market share, try different ideas with it instead of the well, same old, same old. That's what they're doing. They've, they've been trying that. It's like None of it works, though. Yeah, it, <laughs> the, most successful, won, the most it, successful game in years was Generations, where it went, oh, we're going to take what works. Yeah. And build a game around, uh, well, partly nostalgia and partly like solid gameplay. Do you think it's because in the early days Sonic basically stuck to one specific formula and just added characters to it, whereas uh, Mario started, exper- you know, Nintendo started exper- experimenting with Mario? Not until the N sixty four. No, they were already experimenting. Not experimenting as much as Mario are One, Two, and Three on the NES are quite different. Mario, yeah. well, it's the same basic formula as in Sonic. Is the same basic formula. It didn't really well, change in you know leaps and bounds. Until it didn't change in leaps and bounds, but that was because of the uh, hardware limitations. I oh, know. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm, all I'm it's saying not is, been like that. all I'm saying is, by the time the N64 hit, you had Mario 64, but you didn't have like uh, any kind of equivalent for Sonic. 
No. What, you mean Sonic Adventure? That came out on the Dreamcast. It was yeah. okay for a which while. Which was uh, after the N64. No, it was uh, it was around about the same sort of time. No, it was after. It were the... Oh, not again. The Dreamcast <laughs> and PS1 were pretty much out at the same, similar sort of time. No, Sega Saturn was out Let's, at the same time. Stop this, stop this, stop this, stop this. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> Play nicely, children. Right. Soul Blade came out on PS1. Soul yeah. Calibur came out on Dreamcast. Yeah, after... The N64 was released. So Calibur was going to come out on PS1, but um, they couldn't deal with Ivy's whip. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they were happening at the same time. They, uh, they, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, but okay, N64 fella. came oh. out before the Dreamcast did. Do we have to say this saying. on air? This is kind of, you know... Sonic Adventure basically came out after, after Mario, Mario 64. Mario 64. Yes. So by the time it came out, people, got, people weren't seeing it as anything new because Mario had already done it. Okay. Let's wrap this up. It's getting kind of argumentative and not good really. No, we're just establishing the, the timeline by discussing it. Pick of the geek. Let's wrap up. Okay. Um, that's not the pick of the geek. Uh, I think I forgot to change that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, top. Th- uh, your. You know what games have you know made or broken a franchise for you guys? You know games that have basically. Started you off on you know I really want to play more of this you know more of this type of game. A game that made its series and broke it by being so good was Call of Duty Four. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. One of the greatest. World at War was a brilliant game. Um, it's it's like you can't go after Modern Warfare. It's just it was a perfect shooter. Yeah, it's like no, like World at War was a decent game, but compared to Number Four. I know what it what wasn't number four was it? No, Call, no it was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. War. I, uh, yeah, Modern Warfare was uh, was. Yeah, that's it. He four, just yeah. he he got everything right. Yeah, and then after that, how'd you top perfection? You just keep repeating and, it. Yeah, yeah except they they need to go bigger and better, but then it lost the realism that number four had. Yeah, they tried um, too hard for that realism. Yeah, yeah. he was like it. It started to feel like an action movie, not a war, and they keep mm. trying to capture the same. Moments like you die like a billion times in the new one ones, that broke a franchise for me was Medal of Honor Warfighter. It's an appalling. It wasn't really game. a franchise. That was a reboot of the franchise. It, w- it it broke the it broke the whole thing. There are sometimes where they try to reboot and they they're hoping for a franchise. Bomberman. No, don't even mention that. No. Bomberman, the reboot of Bomberman. Oh, yeah. uh, good one. NHL 1994 on the Mega Drive. That is good <laughs> yes. ice hockey, dude. Yeah. You can get into a fight on that one, hockey. can't you? Yes, you can. NBA it's... Jam <laughs> on the Mega Drive. <laughs> I think it was 94-95. It was awesome. Well, um, I was going to mention two games that sort of... The first games weren't great. Yeah. The, the, second, the second iterations both justified them being a franchise, and they're still a franchise now. Um, Uncharted and Assassin's Creed, the second, like, yeah. both of their, oh, se- yeah. you know, okay. really strong entries that basically the rest of the series has then hung themselves on. Yeah. 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 The success well, yeah. of. Yeah. Don't know about Uncharted 4, we'll see with that, but yeah. Uh, Assassin's Creed basically dead one, Assassin's Creed 1, and then number 2 was so successful, they're like, we need to make a billion spin of this one. Bioshock, so, the first Bioshock. Yeah, but the second one. Yeah, but that's what I mean. The first Bioshock was an amazing game. But then, you know, you expected something 
bigger, bolder, better with the second one, and then you played the second one, you're like, what the hell am I playing? Yeah. I, 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 I but they managed to fix that with <laughs> Infinite. Yeah. yeah. The second one really should be Infinite in terms yeah. of, like, mm. but Keep, the development cycle was too long. Yeah. Keeping with the early games. Micro Machines V2. Actually, yeah. Micro Machines was. Are we going to say things like, who remembers the original Street Fighter? No one. Street no. Fighter 2? I remember yeah. the original Street Fighter. You're a time. Though. I There's know it's so horrible. Many mistakes with it. Just I, like, I know it's horrible because uh, uh, Sagat was the final boss in the original yeah. Street Fighter. Well, no, it's, it's things like there's mistakes with the UI that's just terrible. Like both yeah. fighters' um, health bars are stacked under each other. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty awkward. Which, uh, yeah, it's, it's awkward to look at. It's awkward to play with. Uh, so, yeah, um, but the second one... Yeah. That's... Changed everything. Yeah. Uh, my third, Mortal Kombat 9. Genuinely made that season a real contender again. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. kind of blurred into the background yeah, that, and disappeared, but it really came back like a monster that like, season. Yeah. That one. It just like Mortal Kombat. Like they came out, and I was like, oh, it's just something that comes out. Exactly. It well, I mean, uh, when they did DC un- DC versus Mortal Kombat, it just kind of that was the engine that it landed there, a bo- landed a really really strong body blow to the yeah. franchise. Well, now um, people are. Incredibly excited for news about Mortal Kombat X. Yeah, yeah. Kano is like the new character they just announced. He's kind of weird looking and a robot. Kano, Kano's been around for a while. Yeah, no, but he's yeah. a robot now. Uh, is he full robot? Yeah, he's a robot now. <laughs> More roboty. He's still got like a beard. Domo <laughs> arigato. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the new one's meant to be like a considerably be... chunk in the future. Uh, Twenty one, years. That should be Kano's theme tune. You know, Domo arigato, Mister Roboto by the by Polysix. He's Australian and uses knives. I'm sure there's other more. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's no, if he was a wrestler, if Kano was a wrestler. Okay, have we uh, all wrapped up? We are um, picks. Anyone else got any? Franchise killers or franchise definers? Oh. I've got mine. Uh, see, I can't really say Fallout because I loved the original two Fallout games, but then Fallout 3 came out and just basically turned everything on its head. Mm. Uh, not really, Fallout 3. 3D. Hey, which is 3D? Well, no, it turned. It turned. Have you played Fallout One and Two? I don't want to. No, just keep it moving. Yeah, I so I just you played Number Three, then. and I loved Number Three. The thing is, I, I, so Fallout amazing. One and Two are really, really good games. <laughs> really yeah. good games, and uh, you know everything works in those games. They're amazing, kind of. Uh, they're amazing isometric, kind of. Uh, you remember Syndicate? Uh, Syndicate Wars back. Yeah, on, yeah. In the old days, uh, amazing isometric. Meager, I think. Yeah, they're amazing isometric, isometric setting games where you can do all sorts of things, you know, you can run brothels or become, like, a, an arms dealer, stuff like that. And the setting is brilliant. But then they did uh, Brotherhood of Steel. No, that's just DLC, you can't pin to No, 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 DLC. Brotherhood of Steel was a standalone game on the PS2. Oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I remember that now. Yes. And that came in between, you know, Fallout 1 and 2, uh, Fallout Tactics, and then Fallout 3, and you just kind of... Why is this game here? Yeah. Except Fallout 3 was an amazing game. No, Fallout 3 no. was an amazing game. Boogie but is all. The shame... Oh, the Fallout- tell you, with a game of those scope where everything has to be an interactable item, yeah, yeah, it's going to be buggy. That's Brotherhood fair. of Steel is the ginger stepchild of the Fallout series. Yeah. What um, series definers, the ones that like made a franchise happen, I'd say uh, to look at things like um, Tekken 3. 
Yeah. That's one that hit the PS1 hard. Tekken 1 and 2 were yeah. as... Yeah, Tekken, uh, Tekken 3 laid the platform for everything that came after. Yeah. That's when uh, they really kicked in the juggle mechanics, wasn't it? Yeah. Back then. And um, Ocarina of Time, not only for the Zelda series, but for, like, adventure games as a whole. That yeah. was a massive uh, leap that, if anything, I think the Zelda franchise has been trying to emulate since. Yeah. Uh, there's only been, like, <clears throat> um, a link between worlds that's actually tried... Too. And have you noticed none of us have said Final Fantasy VII? Because <laughs> it's overrated. It's hideously overrated. I do like Final. It was, it was my first first entry to the Final Fantasy series, and like it's oh, yeah. it's one that's got a lot of nostalgia for me. But when you go back and play it, it's um, pretty horrid. Oh, there's there's a lot of issues with it, but yeah. I kind of can't see past the yeah. I can't like blindly love it, but I can't also like just dismiss it. Like I'd say six is much stronger. Like objectively, but uh, Ben, have you got any other picks? Oh, we um, we can think of some more during the break. Anyway, we do need to take a break now. Hello, I am Karen Prell, an animator at Valve, and you are listening to the Geek Show. <laughs> Welcome back to the Geek Show on one hundred four point five CVFM. Uh, we're talking successful franchises, franchise ruiners, milking that cash cow, and all those sort of things. And during the break, we were talking Hunter x Hunter. And uh, yes, <laughs> now, reviews. Yes, reviews. Uh, reviews. Do you want to begin, Rob? Yeah, I can start uh, with, it, I think it was out last Monday, it was uh, by Soda Pictures, it's called Elo Elo. Yeah. It's in the tradition of sort of East Asian uh, movies, or, you know, sort of the life, working issues, uh, like Yee Yee, or one, a one and a two. But uh, this one is a directorial debut by a guy called Anthony Chen, and it takes place in the sort of the late 90s uh, financial crisis in Asia. And it follows a family as they sort of go through the trials and tribulations of this financial crisis while they sort of take an employee with a maid, a live-in maid. And it's an interesting film because it really does perfectly encapsulate the sort of desperation of the financial crisis when it hits at its very hardest point. Uh, at certain points, the maid drops something out the window, and uh, somebody, she goes down to get it and pick up the floor, and the opposite tower block, somebody jumps off to their death. And it's just shrugged off as such a normal thing. It really does sort of spell the horror of sort of financial collapse in that way. Uh, but the real meat of the film, I feel, is the relationship uh, between the young lad who meets this maid as an, abs- an invader to his home, basically, and as their relationship develops it's really really quite beautiful because when the film starts that kid he's a monster he's an absolute monster you hate him so much and it's to the credit of the film that he actually becomes a really lovable uh, guy because it sort of establishes a lot of things about how Singapore family works how sort of slave labour works it's essentially slave labour of Filipino people works Mm. in uh, Singapore but and it hits on a very calm and quiet note because it is a very slow sort of sedate film and the end of it is very silent but devastating all the same the only sort of reservation I had about this I don't really know how to word this because there's no way you can say this where it doesn't sound kind of racist but I'll go ahead and say it the, real, the sort of idea of child violence and child nudity is very very different in eastern cinema Right. And there's shots of a young lads in the shower and you see all of his bits. And to Western audiences that's a bit oh, you can't show that. That's a bit weird. You can't really show that. It it sort of takes you off. I'm not 
you know, imagining that. I'm not fabricating that. That is a thing, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's it really is. weird to sort of it, It's basically view. a cultural thing. It's like, you know, it, it's one of those things that... Um, the, see, quite a lot of Eastern cultures view Western society as very staid and very kind of uh, very insular. Um, it, it is reflected in this movie, and it's yeah, not just and culturally, that. Uh, culturally, you know, if you look at the culture of uh, Eastern cultures uh, and Indian-based cultures, they just kind of, well, hang on, you know, we've all seen this before. I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, and it's quite mm. a brutal sort of yeah. kid does something bad and he's really thrashed. I mean, this is in the 90s, so it's not really changed that much. And there's another bit where uh, a chicken is basically shown limping to its death, which is a bit... Wow. But okay. on the merits of everything that's done well, it's like a really touching sort of portrait of what a motherhood is, whether it's the person who gave birth to you or it's the person who you know cares about you most passionately. And it shows the Asian financial crisis at its most harrowing, I suppose. So it's a really, really good film. It's called Elo Elo, and it's out now on uh, Soda Pictures. Cool. Now to you, Rob. Um, I'm going to go with Bound, which was uh, basically the first uh, Wachowski the, Brothers The history movie. behind that was the uh, the Wachowski Brothers went to the studio and said, we've got this really awesome idea, it's called The Matrix. Yeah. And the studio went, well... Warner, Bro- Warner Brothers, they wanted to see it, what they could do first. Show us what you can do first. So they and made so Bound. Went, went ahead and made Bound, and it became a cult classic of the 90s. Um, it's still a cult classic. I don't um, like it, I'll be honest. I thing is, uh, this is where you and I are going to differ in opinion, because I, re- I actually quite quite like it um, and I know it's still a really big cult movie in the LGBT community yeah yeah that's fair enough um, now Bound <laughs> tells the story of Violet Corky and Caesar um, and Violet and Caesar are in a relationship Caesar works as a money launderer for the mob and Corky is basically a uh, she's a lesbian woman who is very closed up she's very you know, she's got that hard, impenetra- impenetrable shell. The stereotype of the, you know, lesbian woman, she is that. Yeah, but she, you know, she uh, she is exactly that. And she is in the apartment next door, and she's basically redecorating the apartment, stuff like that. Um, Violet, is a very, who's played by Jennifer Tilly, is a very manipulative character. and But she's in, been trapped in a relationship with Caesar for five years. Corky has been in prison for five years. And then a big pile of cash comes into Caesar's hands and the two women realise that there may be a way out for them. Right. You know, um, it's very noir-esque in the way it's shot. It is. I can't uh, You just don't like the Wachowskis, but go on. It, it is. In the way, in the, way the film's shot, in, in the cinematography, in the colouring, I mean, there's mainly red, black and white and lots of grey yeah, okay, in this. Okay. So it does have that noir-esque feel to the, you know, to the visuals. Um, and there's some, you know, and the cinematography, the the work is really quite good. Um, but it's well put together. I just thought like the Wachowskis and the, the style. I, I understand that. I think that. See, I've got to say, on balance, I actually think that Bound is a better movie than The Matrix. Uh, they always say when you have no money, you do better things. Yeah, when you, you have not, all the money. You're you more have creative to. with the yeah. things. I mean, yeah, exactly. they would do. Uh, you know, uh, there's uh, several extras on, on the on the Blu-ray. Um, there's an interview with, with Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon, who plays Corky. Co- Jennifer Tilly plays uh, plays Violet. And uh, there's also an interview with uh, Joe Panza or Joe Pantoliano. I love, I yeah. love that guy. He's, he, he, he does good Italian American. Uh, Caesar <laughs> was his first lead role. 
Really? Yes, Caesar I was his first lead role, and Gina Gershon was the one who got him the lead role. He was brilliant for his first lead role, and they yeah. really did explode he, with that one. He, he, was, he was so good in that movie. Um, uh, you may know him as the. I think he's Cypher in Matrix. Cypher in the oh, Matrix, right, yeah. Okay. Um, um, yeah, yeah, and the, the guy who's been dragged around in Memento. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Joe Pantoliano is really good in this movie. Um, Gina Gershon. Joe Pesky Part 2, I like yeah. to call him. Gina Gershon, <laughs> with, Gina Gershon um, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, she's, she's a very good-looking woman, but she basically practiced being a man for about, uh, you know, uh, and hanging out in lesbian clubs and various, thi- uh, and various places Daniel like that. Daniel Day-Lewis method, eh? Yeah, the Dan- Daniel Day-Lewis method, because she really wanted to play the role of Corky. <laughs> and she's got that... The weird thing is, she actually manages to capture kind of uh, some of the mannerisms of, uh, you know, the whole boys don't cry type thing. You know, she keeps her, all her emotions kind of bottled up. Okay. Um, so she plays it really well. Jennifer Tilly as Violet is just brilliant, though. Um, she's really seductive in this movie, a lot more so. And at the time, she'd been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, her career well, down, you know, not in which, which, which was totally weird. But uh, Bound is a very noir film in how it looks, but also in how it is, you know, in how it plays out. I think it's a really good movie to watch in general. Whether you know, um, <laughs> it does have that. It does have. You know, a lesbian relationship in it. Yeah, yeah. But the way it's done is, you know, the way it's done, it doesn't pander to people and it doesn't kind of, um, it doesn't play out as something, you know, uh, unusual or odd. It's just, it feels like a very natural thing within the movie. That's fine. You know. My problem with the Wachowskis, I'll just say, they got too big too soon. They didn't have to earn their mega blockbusters. Like I said, I think Bound is a much better film, a much better put together film than Matrix. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, anyway. I'm doing a, bo- a box set, so I will sort of roll through this. It's Kelly Reichardt. We've got a film that came out on Friday called Night Moves, and she is one of the prime components of the middle of America sort of indie wave. And she's a minimalist film director. Uh, and this is a box set of her earlier works, so a sort of three breakout movies, which were uh, Wendy and Lucy, uh, Old Joy, and Makes Cut Off. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, a debut film, a breakout film in Hidden Away in the Extras, but uh, just going through the films, they are very minimal, they're not a lot of dialogue, it's all very thoughtful and introspective. The design, it's very minimal. It's all natural resources and natural things. There's no artifice about it at all. So it's all of a very distinct style, and it's super slow-paced. Very, very little, actually, honest to God, happens in these things. Uh, Makes Cut Off is an anti-Western... <laughs> in which it follows a group of women being led on a merry jig to a sort of new settlement by a guy called Meek. And the guy called Meek is not the most, you know, reliable of people in the world. Uh, and this film was quite notorious when it was released, I think it was 2010, 2011, but not actually having an ending. It's one of these build-your-own-ending sort of films. Oh, right. oh, uh, it, your own adventure it, it, it's thing. ambiguous to the point of being quite tedious. It's like trying to get off, and it feels like it's trying to get off in the reaction that you think, "Where's the end?" And then, come on, that I can't just be it. Yeah. So that's a bit difficult to live with. Uh, all joy. When they say an- "slice of life" in anime, they don't really capture what slice of life is. Slice of life is pretty sedate and quiet, and not a lot really happens. And I think this is the sort of most perfect sort of summarization of what slice of life is. All joy. It's about uh, two. 30-somethings, I think it's Daniel London and William Oldham, who's the uh, the, the musician Bonnie Prince Billy that people might know him as. 
Uh, it's about two old friends catching up on a fishing trip, you know, who went to college together. So it's quite universal in that respect. Yeah. And my favourite of the three is uh, Wendy and Lucy, which stars Michelle Williams as somebody who wants to start a new life with a dog called Lucy in Alaska. And it's one of these films that just captures what America... Uh, I've heard about this movie. ...really is. It's beautiful cinematography. It's yeah. very slow, and it's slice-of-life stuff again, but not a lot really happens. Yeah. But it's it just captures what her oeuvre, to use the you know yeah. cinematic turn, it captures her sort of style at its most you know poignant peak. Yeah. And it's a good box set, but if you don't like Kelly Reichardt or films that could claim to be minimalist... You have no business being anywhere near this. This is a very niche box set. Yeah. So be warned if you. you don't, it's not the sort of thing you can just dip your toe in and have a go at because it's. It, no, it's not going to reward like that. If you, and if Night Moves is playing somewhere near you, go and see that. If you like it, you'll love this box set. I think that's the best advice I could give, really. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Jim Jarmusch DVD they're bringing out now. Okay. The box set. That'll be awesome. Right, um, I've got two reviews left, but I'm going to do them really quickly. Um, the first one is an indie game called Cube, uh, and it's the director's cut of the game. Uh, it's out on uh, out uh, from uh, Kiss Games, but the developer is uh, Toxic Games. It's a very simple puzzle game. Um, you have been sent to this mysterious spaceship that is on a collision course with Earth, and you have to find a way to destroy it before it before you know it, la- it crash lands and everything gets wiped out. So you have to work your way through the ship, and each room you're in is a different light-coloured cube puzzle because right. the room's made up of basically cubes. <laughs> so okay. you have to do things like turn this cube, press this cube, do this cube, you know, shift this cube, and various things happen. Levers will appear, platforms will move out and move in, and you basically have to keep doing this until you reach the end with the self-destruct button, and then it's all about escaping. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very simple game, but it gets surprisingly complex later on. Um, especially when you st- when you reach the self-destruct pit phase and you have to work through that bit and you're basically against the clock right, at yeah. that point. It adds more pressure onto you. So similar to the sort of like uh, portal sort of thing once yeah. you've mastered the mechanics, now do them against time or in peril. Exactly. Of- it, 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 it takes a lot of excuse <laughs> from portal. Mm. Um, in, the, in the style, it's basically black and white with a few limited colours here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually quite an interesting game to play. Um... And if you you know if you finish Portal and you can't be bothered and you're looking for something similar, Cube is you know an interesting you know it'd be an interesting diversion for you. Okay. Anyway, uh, moving on to the second one, and this is the big AAA one, uh, Metro Redux. Uh, so which, another one of these HDifications because there's no next gen. No, titles. it isn't. No, it isn't. Yeah, no. No, it isn't. It's oh. not a HDification. They, they are doing that. You will agree, though. They're doing that way too much. They're doing that way too much, but this isn't one of those. Okay. See, what they've done, it's basically Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light. Yeah. Metro Last Light is basically worth serving as the platform for this, uh, you know, the graphics level, the, the animation, that sort of thing, uh, you know, the details, everything like that. Metro Last Light is serving as the benchmark. And what they've done, they've basically reworked Metro 2033 um, almost completely. It's almost like playing a different game now. Okay. Um, everything from the lighting effects to the sh- uh, you know to the shadows to the animation, everything like that. Even bits of the story have been uh, reworked so that it fits with Metro Last Light. So what you're essentially getting is two games in one. You know, like a first and second half. Uh, the main character Artyom basically t- you can play the whole journey from tw- the beginning of 2033 to the end of Last Light, and it does really feel like you're playing the same game but in two different chapters. Okay. 
You know, they've managed. It's actually quite something quite surprising to me because I thought it was just going to be a HDification of 2033, and it isn't. Mm. You know, playing something, 2033 is almost like playing a different game now. So something more like um, Twin Snakes. An yeah, exactly. It's more like Twin Snakes than it is, than it is a you know Silent Hill HD. Yeah, or something like that. Oh, that's a bad example. Yeah. <laughs> you understand my, uh, what I mean, though. Notoriously bad that one. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, everything's basically the same. I've reviewed Metro Last Light um, already last year, um, so I'm not going to go into it's, too many it's details. A device, about it. It's a very, very slow first-person shooter. It is, but it's an interesting one. The story is what holds it to, holds it together, and that's one of the reasons why so much, uh, so many tweaks have been made to. 2033, mm. basically to make everything mesh together even better. All right. If you are into kind of post-apocalyptic first-person shooters that have an interesting story, um, some really interesting characters, and a great setting, I mean, the metro tunnels, you know, the radioactive wasteland outside where you have to keep changing your mask, sorry, the filters on your mask and wiping away grime and, and, and water and all sorts of stuff like that, you know, it all adds to it. Okay. You know, it all adds to it because it is divisive, though. I think it's divisive because some people just want to run and gun him. No, 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 I didn't. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the the pace. Mm, felt like it was holding me at arm's length. I think. Again, well, this style. is the thing. The pace is like that because it's supposed to be a desperate situation. One of the key things that has changed is that the amount of ammo drops that you get is a they, they've reduced the amount of ammo drops that you can get. Uh, in the game, they've become a lot scarcer. Resources have become uh, um, bullets like money in the game. Yeah, bullets are well, like so. money in the game. So you know they've made everything uh, that little bit scarcer, and it's noticeable when you play the game. Yeah, um, that these things are hard to come by. Right. So it does okay. it, it does raise the challenge so without you, I think breaking the, the game. I think the sort of ultimate question you need to do with this is: it worth if you played any or both? If is you, it worth well, if you played Metro go? 2033 and not Last Light, it's worth getting this. And if you played Last Light and not 2033, it's worth getting this. If you haven't, if, if you, you haven't play played both, you played if you either. played both and you have both, it'd be worth playing this. Maybe I don't know if you'd want to buy it though, because playing 2033 uh, in Redux is almost like playing a different game. Okay. Anyway, um, those were the reviews. I uh, don't think we've got time for a song. I think we're going to have to go Can into I just final ask sections. One more yes. question about um, last um, Redux. Redux. If you don't have either of them, is this a game worth buying? Yes. Yes. Can we play a song and then just put the two sec- last sections together? Well, I think we have to put the two last sections together anyway. Oh, oh wow! This is a long section. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's shoot then. Let, yeah, let's shoot on. Um, where are we? Animation. We're going to go in. Sorry about this, folks. <laughs> I'll insert a song in post. We did too much talking. <laughs> yes, too much talking. Um, why? You know, you get these anime series like Naruto and stuff like that, and they continue it on and on yeah. and on and on. Bleach, for example, was supposed well, to Well, Bleach stop. did it well because it actually stopped. It well, didn't feel we're just going to do this with Phil uh, Axe ad infinitum until it catches up. No, it didn't. It was supposed to stop after the final gets a good No, no, I mean, as it is now, it stopped at episode 366. And yeah, the anime stopped. Yeah. Uh, at least it did that much. Yeah, it was getting painful uh, during like the uh, Las Noches arc, where yes. it was just cutting what? to filler arcs so much that it was. You know, why do they feel the need to keep milking these franchises for you know for all they're worth? Money. Thank you, Chris. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, I think 
and is, it, is it a good idea to do people that? People need closure on it. You know, is it a good idea to do that, though? I think we're stretching how long people will st- stick with the patients on some of them, but people do need some closure yeah. in I, terms uh, of yeah. the characters. They need to see what the... In the uh, case of Naruto, I think a big problem on the ha- behalf of, sort of the author is he has a cast of amazing like design players and uh, powers and whatnot, and he kind of says, I mean, introduce them. Yeah. The filler sort of gives them a slight moment to shine. It just doesn't demote them to sort of, sit, you know, it's furniture. Just, you know, I think there's a, a degree of lack in Bleach as well. But is, if it, I'm not Bleach, the good quality. I'm just saying it gives yeah. those if Naruto well, and Bleach well, the secondary characters yeah. a chance. That's all I'm saying. If Naruto and Bleach weren't based on a manga series, though, you wouldn't know it was filler. Oh, no, it'd just be like peaks and troughs all yeah, the way Yeah, just be like peaks yeah. and troughs all the way through. No, but you'd still know some of it was filler yeah, because thing, um, it, it occurs in a place that's not natural yeah. to the story. I, um, yeah. I watched, it was years ago, but I started watching Bleach <laughs> and I stopped at the belt arc. I was like, this is this is nothing. This well, is originally like, Bleach was supposed to stop after the rescue Rukia yeah. and then it was supposed to stop after the final gets a attention. Well, Naruto was meant to end at the end of Naruto and then yeah. they did Shippuden but that goes back to things like uh, Dragon Ball which was meant to end after Freezer. Yeah. It's, it's editors at Shonen Jump have way too much power Yeah, way too much power yeah. but uh, taking the, the western philosophy I don't think there's enough of it because uh, recently yeah. uh, Legend of Korra Avatar ended oh. and it's amazing and I want them to keep on doing it <laughs> so has it actually finished now yeah, no they're doing a fourth season I it's like they, the, they better I think the con it changes and it's out in January if internet hyperball is to be believed I'd say Korra's quite a rarity in western cartoons because they tend not to have a continuing storyline oh, yeah, most but western done it cartoons have you know. um, yeah. here is the status quo some things happen by the end of the episode, we return to the city. It's the state yeah. of arrested development. Nothing changes. Nobody does anything new the, at the all. The weird thing is, we, we talk about Western cartoons, but you're mainly talking about American and British cartoons. If you go on the continent, you get things like Mysterious Cities of Gold, which <laughs> is a continuous story. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, when I talk Western, I am mainly talking American, because that's... Well, they're the loudest. Yeah. They're the loudest yeah. of the yeah. West. It's the one we see the most. Yeah. So. But uh, because I of mean, our special relationship, there are a lot of series that uh, in it does seem that in in the Japanese series, even if they drag on a long time, they will get an ending. Yeah, um, American series, if they get cancelled after the second season, they will never get an ending. I want Samurai Jack to have an ending. Why won't they do more Samurai Jack? It's well, in comic the, book form. Yeah, they're doing yeah. The I know they're doing the comic books, but, but I like the uh, I like the cartoons. But yeah. no, you think of Samurai. For every Samurai Jack that was a good continuous story, there are tons of basically Saturday morning cartoons Powerpuff that Girls. Will, will never get. Well, yeah. Don't disappoint. I mean, look Johnny at Bravo. Look, no, at Adult, look at Adult Swim. That's the perfect example of what an American cartoon is. None yeah. of those have any sort of continuous narrative. I'm, I'm, I'm saying things like you know, like the latest superhero tie-in thing. Once attention's gone away, yeah, it'll it'll just die. There will be no yeah. ending for or it. Was it Teen Titans that they just stopped because it was getting the wrong sort of attention on the merchandise? Oh, it's oh no, that was Young my Justice. Little, oh, Young, uh, Young Justice. Justice, yeah. That's the difference there. I, that wouldn't yeah. happen in Japan, that, I don't think. It's a real shame because it was such a good show. Yeah, but, I heard it was really good. Yeah, as well. oh, shows I will once the merchandise stops selling, shows will just end without an ending. Yeah, that's the good thing because well, apparently, at least with Teen Titans, they did do an ending. They did Titans in oh, Tokyo, yeah. and yeah, the, you you finally had that resolution of Robin and Starfire hooking up, which is what just, everyone uh, wanted. 
bring it back to Avatar a minute. I mean, Avatar. Avatar. They're being, Avatar. Quite, <laughs> they're being quite progressive, actually, because they didn't broadcast the last few episodes. They did it all online. So hopefully that's sort of carving a new niche for what you know these cartoons yeah. can be. I hope yeah. so. I hope um, we do four cycles of that, the full Avatar cycle. Yeah. I think they've realised that the online audiences will stick with the full series. They're more patient, I think. Yeah. yeah. There's less flicking over, oh, what, that's a good thing, or, you know, flicking on, that's boring, and turn it over. Well, I the think people that dedicated, they want to see something and go seek it out online, I think I that's... I think that a lot of American series have died <laughs> down to things like bad marketing, time slots, and things like that, where... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a big problem over there. Um, you know, if, if people like fall out of touch with the series because they've not seen the last few because they've been put at horrible time slots yeah that yeah. series is going to die because of that they have constantly yeah animated okay. and not animated let's move on to comics for a little bit then um we have this we know that western comics have, especially superhero comics have this reboot uh thing going on but after the reboot they're essentially telling the same story all, all over again Maybe from a different angle or with a few d- bits different, but it's the same thing repeated ad infinitum. Yeah. Um, Why? Why do they keep doing it? Because, as we said before, there is no new superheroes. It's so- almost like the soap opera kind of effect that we have a we can have a beginning, we can have a long middle, but yeah, there's not really there's there's very little development or end in sight for someone like Spider Man. Yeah. You know, he will always be sat at this sort of struggling to take on responsibility young adult kind of stage of life and the writers have tried to move him on from that and they've always found a reset button yeah it does beg the question do reboots cause repetition or do repetition does repetition the thing cause about reboots? reboots is it's not creative bankruptcy it's the whole you know people are familiar with this so occasionally less... it can help bloat yeah, you know if yeah. you oh, yeah, yeah. if you've got like a universe that just keeps getting more and more complicated yeah you can trim it down um, and the reboot can really trim down to what's important in the franchise. Yeah, it just that's the greatest tragedy of sort of Western superhero comics. It's just absolutely if you're coming into it new, no point, don't bother. Yeah, and that's the problem there. Well, yeah. in a way, that's what reboots make it easier for the new people. They, yeah. they go like, here are the here's the superhero, and of, of course, there's no judge of quality there though. That's the thing. Oh yeah, but yeah. well, there there is a judge of quality in the way that like. Um, for example, Spider-Man's rogue gallery is long and there's cr- a crazy amount He probably amount has of the best of all the rogues galleries. He does, but he also has a lot of stuff in his early career, like, um, Fancy Dan, he's a dab handed judo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I hope he talk like that, I really do. But uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. But when the character gets rebooted, you'll never see that sort of character again. Yeah. yeah. You'll see the strongest of yeah. his, uh, you know, like, in terms of character. You'll so see essentially, the, str- the reboots are more like, uh, more like uh, you know, Mother Nature's evolution. It's survival like a distillation of, the of what Survival works. of the fittest, yeah. effe- effectively. It's refining it. Each time they take what works, refine it, and try and start again with what's good. And then the, they find mm, new things Yeah, work. there are some Batman villains you'll see over and over and over again. Yeah. And then there's ones that... Well, he fought in the 60s, 70s, and you will never see those again. No, you won't. <laughs> like, d- despite um, Arkham, sorry, the Arkham series, Desperate Tries, Calendar Man's not going to be 
a huge part of the Calendar Man sounds like, he, sounds like he takes his, his top off and pauses. It would be interesting <laughs> to see him sort of make him relevant again. Well, you know, like the series tried by it, making it, him... It, 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 he's like, captive he, in both of them, but... Yeah. He, he, there's been, like, hints to Calendar Man in every Arkham game. Yeah. Well, he's but a prisoner he, in both of them, isn't he? I think. Yeah, but, I mean, there's others like Zeus. It, you know, he's referenced in, in the games as well. He's referenced yeah. in the games, but... He's referenced, but they're, they're probably not going to use a character like him... They used to Killer Mil- Croc. Killer Croc's been used quite well. He's been yeah. in two of them. Uh, but they've they've really distilled what he is. Um, yeah. In in the early ones, he was just rather large with a skin condition. Yeah. Um, re- whereas now he's a reptilian Hulk of. Uh, yeah. It's quite different to what you know, like the. He's basically more like the lizard from Spider Man than he yeah. is. Yeah. The cannibalistic te- tendencies that he has now yeah. is yeah. something yeah. that's like wider. On that premise, you know, getting rid of the chaff, why have they still got Solomon Grundy? Sol- well, Solomon Grundy isn't a Batman character. Villain. I know, he's, he's a DC. more a DC character. But still, why? He's basically DC's equivalent of the Hulk. Yeah, but he doesn't have a... Well, know, he's, he's like the traditional zombie. As yeah. in, like, he is animated by some supernatural magic. By voodoo, yeah. And he's just unstoppable because yeah. he doesn't... Yeah. He doesn't go by the rules that, you know... Yeah. Of nature, yeah. he's like outside of that, so he is unstoppable. He's a weapon. He's not much of a character, really. The thing is, uh, no. every, every so every so often, you know, every, every few years, you seem to have this particular character is getting uh, getting a reboot, mm-hmm. or the whole universe is getting, you know. Again, uh, it comes back to that. Rob. There is reboot. no, there's nothing new. It's sort of alleviate the pressure. It's the constant more of this, more of this, more also, of this. From yeah. it's almost like a buffet in terms of like the content now that people can go like. Um, well, especially with something like Batman, um, yeah. that's never been... There's so many different Batman titles now. Yeah. yeah. You can well, pick and choose way, which ones you want. In a way, that's never been a continuing series. Batman's always been taken on for a run by different writers. Yeah. And then whether that's canon or not is decided after the fact. Do you yeah. think that's part of what's, co- uh, what's causing all these repetitions? The fact that they keep using different writers? Well, and cycle through and different say, writers and artists. The writers now have a buffet to choose from. They yeah. can go, I want to use Bane in this story, but I want to take aspects from um, his original appearance in Nightfall. I want to take um, uh, stuff from, I liked these aspects from the uh, the Nolan trilogy. And the- But doesn't that then suggest that comics have very little in the way of creativity and it's more kind of comics by numbers or painting by numbers? If they're taking bits from here and there and, ev- uh, the and other is, places, people can put their own spins on yeah. things as well. And yeah, that's the, that's the pro- it's what we're coming to down to in the show: market saturation. That's yeah. the problem there. So the thing too much of everything. Though, is if they add things that can completely change it and make it so much better. Yeah, it's like I'm not denying. I, it. I hear people who just love the new Miss Marvel. Yeah, because they just they changed to. Uh, um, I can't remember what they changed about. Is it, she's, like, in Ma- she's in Avengers 2, calling it. Just <laughs> oh, as a historical um, artifact, I'm calling it, she's in Avengers 2. The new Miss Marvel, um, well, they changed her race for yeah, that, one big thing. Well, and, is she now full Kree or what? No, no. Uh, she's a young Asian woman. Oh, right, yeah. okay. So her name's not Carol Danvers then? No. No. Like, I, in fact, in one of the things, she got the option to look like the old Miss Marvel. I was like, no, I just want to be me. And people are really resonating with this new character. She's in Avengers and 2, calling it utterly. It, people are loving the new direction it goes, because it is about a girl dealing with her life, and then being a superhero as well, and it's more realistic than other things. Oh, I know, are you on about the comic 
yeah. version. Yeah. And she's the one with like loads of weird powers and she's from an Islamic family. Yeah. Yes, I know about that one. I, I, I'm actually happy with that one. Yeah. I'm actually happy with that one. Um, that one, that one I, I like. I was thinking that, uh, you know, I was thinking that, you know, like the kind of flying Miss Marvel with the big star on her chest. Oh, okay. you know, I was thinking that one was the one. No. But this no. is a totally different Miss Marvel. Yeah. 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 So, like, they're rebooting of that. They still have a lot of the old elements of the originals. Yeah, but she but she has they, shape-changing abilities and stuff like that. Yeah. They're giving her different powers as so well. By cha- making like, the just changes of who that she is. That makes her more unique, though. This yeah. is the thing. You know, cause, uh, but she's still going to be fighting the same people. She's still yeah, effectively. It's just it, it scales it down a bit because she's a young uh, yeah. she's a young Arabic woman yeah uh, who's uh, trying to cope with the, the exigencies of American life and being a Muslim yeah. and various things like that. Uh, actually, no, she's not Arab. She's I think she's Pakistani, isn't she? I, I like sure she's from she's from Pakistan or Afghanistan. Um, still one of the toughest superheroes. So. She is still one of the toughest superheroes, but Miss Marvel were basically inherited the mantle of Captain Marvel as protector yeah, of yeah. the universe. You and, know, uh, um, well, she's she's basically sort of, she's sort of the reason that nineties uh, Rogue is so OP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it basically, because Rogue absorbed her yeah, powers. Yeah. I remember because um, Miss Marvel was uh, of the same character level as the Silver Surfer, where she could actually go up to Galactus and punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, to be fair, I, I I probably could. It probably wouldn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it, I like the fact rock on your back. I like the fact <laughs> that <laughs> I like the fact that Black Bolt only had to open his mouth to make Galactus take a step back. Yeah. So yeah, I'm talking about doing it in human because I saw this thing about the toughest, uh, you know, the the most powerful superhero, uh, you know, superheroes that are more powerful than Superman. And Black Bolt didn't even make it on the list. I'm like, well, hang on, Black Bolt would just say hello to him and he'd atomize him. <laughs> well, Superman's not all that. You know, Marvel's like um, what ifs can be a bit comedy. Yeah. Com- One of them was what if Black Bolt had hiccups. <laughs> 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 Oh my god, that'd be the end of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It should have forced the apocalyptic world, earth and earthquakes and things. Yeah. yeah. And what if mean, the hiccups were loud enough, he'd break reality. What I mean, what if? Of course he had hiccups. <laughs> Nobody never doesn't have hiccups. Um, anyway, right, we are unfortunately at the end of the show. A uh, very quick pick of the geek. Uh, what cartoon, uh, uh, anime, comic, whatever, are you sick of seeing now? In this, Rob's right. We are kind of oversaturated with stuff. What are you just sick of seeing? What do you want to just see the back of and say, look, enough? Can we just have something different? <laughs> I think it's Moment in the Sun's coming to an end. The, oh, well, well, the manga's finally ending. Soon, there's probably so. going to be another arc. There always is. They haven't announced it, and there's probably going to be another arc, and it's probably going to be set in the future, and it's probably going to be another time split. I thought they announced that there was going to be an end. Oh, I don't know. I've never heard, not heard it. But uh, I'm I, glad Naruto, Naruto's my pick. Because I, um, I did hear a new story last year that all f- the the big three shonen have all got a ending point in sight. Um, yeah, One Piece is like five years. <laughs> oh yeah, and Bleach is on its final arc as well. So yeah. apparently this this arc will be the last one. It's been going on quite a while. It's about ten years old at least, Naruto. Yeah. And so do you think, uh, think Ichigo is going to become the king of spirits? And then go help Yo and uh, what's his face in Shaman King? I honestly don't care <laughs> about Bleach anymore. Finally, we're going to become a Pokemon master. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't care about Bleach anymore. <laughs> Find it hard to. Uh, Anybody else? Uh, basically, any of the really long-running 
animes like that. I just I'm I'm done with them. I'm, uh, I'm also, can I just say this? Dragon Ball, I love it, but please just give it a rest. Everything well, that's out there is good. You don't need to keep on releasing it so people, you know. I I would say I wouldn't mind seeing the. the I know there's a continuation planned. That I'd like to see, but just the same stuff. But yeah, Kai seeing eyes. it. No, um, I, no. yeah. I I, th- I think Kai's a good way to you know if if people want to watch the series. No, Kai's a good way. Kai. Kai's a good way to, uh, watching the watching the whole thing and bringing yourself up to speed. Yeah, I know, but, but no, um, it's no point. But really. I know what you mean with especially when it comes to the Dragon Ball games, where the yeah. same bit of content has been repeated for the past I nearly twenty want, years. If it was like given a few years off, brilliant. Just renew your back reason to see it fresh again, not just constant Dragon Ball, constant all the time. Yeah, it, it's. It, I love it, but just give it a minute off. Either new right. content or just give it a little bit of a rest for now. I just exactly. want them to give a, give all the school based stuff a rest, please. No more schools. Can you not just like set it in like a workplace or a factory or somewhere like that, or maybe even a different world that doesn't have a school? But it's who it's aimed at. Like it, you know, yeah. the the animes and stuff set in schools. It's because they want kids in school to identify with it. Well, this is the thing. The ones that they've proven <laughs> that they're not actually that popular these days because they want something more fantastic, which is why we get all these heroes from a different world doing normal jobs what? and then people from this world going across and becoming heroes in a different world. There's more of that now because the ha- the school thing is not popular. So what you're saying is you want more things like fairy tale? No, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. people from this world <laughs> going across to a different world and becoming heroes in a different world where they don't the have to attend school. Of water. Sort the fish out of water sort of thing is is what's popular now. Yeah, uh, stuff back in the day, things like Escaflone, well, where like high school girl got taken to a fantastical world. You know, no, because these days they're actually going well. He's uh, you know he's in college or he's he's a university student or he's actually you know just a guy from a, you know a guy from an office. Okay, uh, Dave, you got a pick? Uh, uh, no, it's cool. I've yeah. ran out of brain. He, he agrees with Dragon Ball. That's I, just, I'm yeah, really yeah, sick yeah. of. Um, I agree cute, with Nick. <laughs> cute girls doing cute things and nothing happens. Oh God, Kion. Yeah, basically Kion, Lucky you know, Star, all those sort of things. Do you know the weird thing? Uh, I don't mind. I, I don't mind a bit of Kion, um, but I, I, the first show of that type I watched was one called Ichigo Mashimaro, which reminded me of my niece. At the time, yeah. who was exactly like that with all her friends, you know, they do like weird as hell stuff. Yeah. But it didn't matter, you know, nothing yeah. about it mattered. It had no impact on the world, and I think that kind of desensitized me to the whole cute girls doing okay, cute yeah. things. Okay, so in that's, cute we have run out of time now. Yes, we have. Um, anyway, um, next week, what are we doing? Don't know yet. Uh, if you have any suggestions for us, you know, tweet us uh, at tgs underscore the geek show. Or let us know on Facebook or email us, studio at thegeekshow.co.uk. We have been The Geek Show. I've been Rob, I think. I've been Ben. I was Dave. It was too hot. I can't really tell. And I was a Rob as well, but that bit melted off. Yes, um, we'll see you all next week. Uh, Take care, have fun, and uh, have a good week.
For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.